0: Realism, reassurance, two values needed in public messaging and public relations. Are we getting this from our governments, states, and territories alike? We take a deep dive into this question and my take on the application in public information on this episode of That's It, That's All.
1: You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DeMetato.
0: You are listening to That's It, That's All. I'm Sean Gumatow. The podcast is proudly brought to you by Get LLC. This consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm serves government and private sector organizations in Micronesia. Need help in developing a business plan? Need guidance on energy efficient upgrades for your workplace? Ask Get LLC. They can be found on the web at get guam.com. Check them out today. Welcome to those listeners checking out the podcast in Leander, Texas. Excited to greet those new listeners in Mountain View, California, and Milford, Connecticut. Thank you all for listening. Also, can't forget the listeners right here in the home base of the podcast, Talafofo Guam, Day to you all. The format of That's It, That's All is simple. Let the podcast take you from one end of the island of Guam to the other. By the time you get to the other side, It's all done. Remember to download the podcast ahead of that next bike ride before you start the shift on your laptop or desktop computers or your planned road trips. Thank you to our friends at RedCircle.com in pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. That's it. That's all can also be heard on the iHeartRadio app and on Pandora. The podcast is a part of the KUAM Podcast Network, Micronesia's leader in award winning broadcast news and information, and the multimedia home of original programming originating from the island of Guam. Hit the like, subscribe, or follow buttons of That's It, That's All, wherever you get your podcasts today. One of the biggest lessons I learned over a decade of senior level government communications work is to be sure that the message I was putting out to the people of Guam and the rest of the world was realistic and reassuring. During those two stints in the government of Guam workforce, there were plenty of instances where I thought the decisions to a final message lacked realism and reassurance. My job was not to be a yes-man in the deliberation of a public information message, but based on my education, experience, experience, and analysis, my role was to be an honest broker of the information in developing a message, which, upon approval, it was my job to deliver it. I knew it was my responsibility to bring both realism and reassurance to those I would speak to publicly at any given time, whether it was related to an emergency response in Jigo, the work of a specific government agency or department, or even a political matter. I learned early on of the importance of these two important values in public information. Why are these important, you ask? When you think about how people take in information from their respective government, they do it in a way so that they can make better decisions for their own actions in response to what the government is doing in their daily lives. More insight. What I learned from the year 2003 to 2010, working for the governor of Guam, was that people do pay attention to what the office holder tells them. If you want attention to the initiatives or plans of a political office, and I served as principal spokesman, communications director, and eventually policy advisor and deputy chief of staff, you have to be inventive. You have to be shrewd. And you have to do unconventional things that grab the press's attention to advance the policies of the highest elected official in a state or a territory. You must have consistency in all of this in support of, well, in this case, the executive branch. Number two, I started to learn about press bias. Never really paid attention to it when I was working as a broadcast journalist, What this means is that staff from both sides of the political aisle at the time would produce talking points and that proverbial report, if you will, and given to local reporters who would be skeptical of the information almost all the time. They asked plenty of questions. For me, was it bias? Was it the reporter's realistic judgment that the only people who moved the opinion needle came from one side of the political argument, it was probably a combination of both. That was my exposure to the whole of policymaking here in Micronesia, in that sense. After a bit of a break, I moved to working for the Judiciary Guam, different branch, different perspective, especially across the 10 judicial officers I supported and their respective role in government. Working with these jurists taught me that you have to be substantive in the work that went out on behalf of the judicial branch. This philosophy worked for them because they have a functional view of their role in government and had plenty of credibility in executing their respective jobs. I learned great lessons there. That's where I learned how all branches, in fact, can work together and to pay attention to all of the dynamics working across the three branches in support of all of the people of the US territory. It was a tremendously exciting time with the courts, from being years out of the loop and then being thrust and seeing how individuals could be effective or ineffective in reaching agreements among other things, pushing people along, getting agreement, all from their communications. I tee this up in this way, to begin to make us all remember that messaging in government should have some value. Realism and reassurance is needed by all leaders in government and even in private industry as challenging, extraordinary times and events for all of us can cause a great deal of fear, anxiety, and dread, and the associated emotions with it can affect the actions people take to protect the health and safety of themselves and their respective communities.
2: podcast network is back and on demand featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region including culture lifestyle awareness crime politics commentary comedy and entertainment available on most streaming platforms the kuam podcast network subscribe and listen now
0: In an article by Kristen Malecki, Julie Keating, and Masia Sabdar in the journal *Clinical Infectious Diseases*, published on February 15, 2021, entitled "Crisis Communication and Public Perception of COVID-19 Risk in the Era of Social Media," the authors noted a number of important principles in effective risk communications established in response to environmental disasters and pollution events in the late 20th century, which can provide important scientific insight into patient response to the risks posed by COVID-19. Quote, these insights have shaped risk communication and principles of risk communication for decades. Close quote. Specifically, hazard and outrage. In other words, What a particular audience perceives as acceptable or unacceptable risk includes both the nature of the hazard and degree of outrage. Well, communicators should constantly strive to strike a balance between offering reassurance and emphasizing risks in their general messages to the public. When faced with a crisis, leaders in our society must make quick decisions on how to address it. How a message is delivered in these times really is still problematic. Case in point, an early August article in the Christian Science Monitor entitled The Trouble with Transparency, How Pandemic is Challenging the CDC, brings to bear just how messaging in a pandemic has become a difficult balancing act and that leaders must project authority while being transparent and admitting unknowns. The writer, Linda Feldman, noted that the CDC at times is in a no-win situation, announcing guidance, releasing data, pushing out public health advice. Feldman called the challenges faced by the CDC as a, quote, paradox of expertise, and that public health officials need to speak with authority so people will pay attention and feel reassured. but. In an emergency, officials are learning new information in real time and thus can't claim to have all the answers. Close quote. Feldman interviewed a former communications official at the World Health Organization and the CDC. Her name is Marsha Vanderberg, who said, quote, transparency has to be balanced by things that build confidence. So if you say, I don't know, people think you're Transparent but they might also think you don't know what you're doing. It's a two-edged sword. Close quote. This is such an important point. Balance. At times, there are those who are crafting the messages who only see their work with an endpoint for their bosses and not the people who may be impacted by such messages. In modern times, I would argue that the conventional public relations thinking, paradigms, and approaches have withstood the test of time. Some theorists have written that publicity should no longer be the end game, calling it a means, not an end. I still believe communications practitioners provide awareness creation of their respective messages. Some leaders in the public and private sector still do not understand the need for visibility. Our message makers should always be interested in how public relations campaigns will help them strengthen relationships with their key stakeholders and produce supportive behavior. Message is key, and sticking to it must be more disciplined. Relying on getting your message published in the daily newspapers, radio stations, television news programs, and on blogs may not be enough. Websites and social media, these technologies of today have now become the norm and are going and being used by them more often. So, some advice for government communicators. There is a growing need for you all to embrace the reality that the demands and expectations in the government and community are changing. And the business environment of communicating government information is becoming more complex. These changes can be seen as adding new ramifications to the government communications profession as it is coming under intense scrutiny by consumers or the tax-paying public. Let's not forget the technology that transmits these important government messages. Digital is here to stay, and practitioners must be more comfortable with these digital platforms. Digital PR should be factored in when planning your campaigns. And the reason is simple. People are spending more time in online communities and having conversations. And this podcast is really one example of this. So my advice, it is so vital to keep tabs on the conversations across the great digital divide and determine when to wade in or take advantage of the narratives being shared in these digital mediums. This is where social monitoring and listening skills come to play, to manage the sentiment levels of the conversations and inform our principal, right, our bosses, of how their voice and their decisions are, in fact, affecting the decision-making processes of those who are listening and your primary customers. I know this may be turning into a primer for those public communications professionals in Micronesia, but let me get this one last point in. Taking advantage of online assets and using them to favorably direct the sentiments of customers' conversations and their expectations is key. Digital disruption has heightened the scrutiny on brands and has even redefined the crisis cycle and the messaging in it. It is easier for crises to snowball now than it was, say, a decade or even two decades ago, courtesy of social media Prevalence; Thus, social monitoring and listening have to take a front seat as a proactive communications measure.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs.
2: The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, Comedy and entertainment available on most streaming platforms, the KUAM Podcast Network.
0: Subscribe and listen now. On Twitter this past week, I asked the Twitterverse a simple question: Has the local communications in the pandemic response been reassuring and realistic to you? The responses. From my friend Chris Barnett, quote, total failure, more concentration on looking good and appearances than actual substantive messaging, close quote. At Faith with Anne, quote, waiting to see, already a revision, one to the new EO, LOL, close quote. And Mark Duarte says, quote, how would you do the messaging, close quote. To Mark's question, to my question, as I noted earlier, that communicators should strike a delicate balance between giving a message that is reassuring while also being realistic. When faced with a crisis, leaders in our society must make quick decisions on how to address the message, importantly, by the words that they use. I have a peeve when leaders mispronounce words or don't get the names or concepts right. There is so much coaching going on at every single level that why it happens, it just makes me crazy that it in fact does go that way. More or less the same amount of time that's spent on the message. And then when it comes out, well, not so hot. I came across a great article. In an August 19th, 2021 Forbes Communication Panel that was published by Forbes Magazine. They outlined 13 words and phrases to banish from crisis communication. It's a great read. A couple to mention for this particular podcast, and it's seen here in Micronesia with so much vigor. The first one, quote, unprecedented times. This is from the director of marketing for Lima One Capital in South Carolina. He told Forbes Magazine, quote, the phrase unprecedented times is now so tied to the pandemic that any usage will remind people of the pain and difficulties all of us have experienced. Companies that use this phrase in the future will remind their customers of the pandemic, whether they intend to or not. Stay away from it. Close quote. In our region, we have seen world war. We have seen the impacts of previous pandemics like the Spanish flu, avian flu, and the obvious impacts of 9/11. Times are unprecedented. This usage may go away, maybe not soon enough. The phrase, quote, thoughts and prayers. Okay, vice president at Miami University in Ohio, Jamie Hunt, she told Forbes, quote, the phrase thoughts and prayers has been criticized for lacking true empathy and has become a foil for real, meaningful action. While it is important to acknowledge the hurt, pain, or anger of your audience, Avoid meaningless phrases that do not demonstrate how you will move your organization forward and address challenges in the days following a crisis. Close quote. In Guam, with every death from COVID has had this phrase. Being a very Catholic society, maybe it works for the electorate to relate to the spiritual side of its leadership here, but does it really? Finally, the phrase, quote, as you know. Okay. As you know, well, the founder of Durham, North Carolina based marketing firm, Third Hospitality, Ryan Vett, he told Forbes, quote, this phrase immediately shifts blame to the reader and indicates that they should have been aware of a situation or circumstance using a tactic to shift blame back to the audience or even worse, belittle their intellect is one of the worst tactics to use in crisis management messaging, close quote. This particular phrase, as you know, this particular phrase is used in crisis messaging, but in regular government policy speak. Just hearing it makes me feel crazy, maybe for not knowing stuff. Well, government communicators, please take some notice here. If you don't choose your language carefully, your well-intentioned response could be poorly received by your audience. In this case, the people that you serve. So it's better to craft messaging that will diffuse situations rather than deepen a crisis. Well, what does all of this mean? Well, it means that words do matter. Words are powerful. We give words power and they affect people dramatically. The power of words, they do create barriers to communication. That's created by our language usage in a couple of different ways. We use words. We presume carry a meaning the listener will, in fact, recognize. In recent weeks, whether it's the use of pandemic passports in Guam, committing to reviving tourism in the U.S. Virgin Islands, pushing on a government budget in Puerto Rico, discussing self-determination in American Samoa, or discussing alleged public corruption in the CNMI, all the words used to convey the messages surrounding these events at this time in the U.S. territories must be looked at very closely. Remember, there can be a common pattern of miscommunication where two people use different words with the same meaning, or when two people use the same words but have different meanings for those words. Now, those events that I just described in Guam, in the Virgin Islands, in Puerto Rico, in American Samoa, and in the CNMI can be seen through such a different lens based on this last fact. Whether it's from a room in a state house, the governor's complex, or a fish market, the people who see or hear these words describing the events of our time and our communities will, in fact, be different. We must be sure that the choice of words really is spot on. The choice of words can and will lead to a decision to do something or to push people to act. Bottom line today, people trust those leaders and the words that communicate their actions. They are easily influenced, especially when they have consistently put out the messages that speak to the people and on the issues that impact people and their daily lives. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. We'll talk to you soon.
1: The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatatel. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatatel. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening.